Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Real Estate Investing Mastery. We're coming to you live via Skype on the uh, Dallas Cowboy Football Network. You get Tony <laughs> Romo on the phone. You didn't even know it. That's Tony Romo from England. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, glad you're here, guys. Realestateinvestingmastery.com. This is a special podcast. We've got a special, special guest from England who's flipping deals from all over the world. And I'm excited about talking to him about it. His name is Tom Wade. But we got Alex, and if you guys are listening to the audio, you see the video of Tom right now on our website at realestateinvestingmastery.com, and he's wearing, uh, what are you wearing, Alex, just so you can, uh, I want you to tell everybody. I'm wearing America's Team no, hat. No, no, <laughs> no, you're not really, but, okay, but go ahead. What, what's, you have some, some emblem on, the, on this hat. What is it? Oh, it, it seems to be a uh, star, oh. and it seems to represent a football team that America seems to love. Love to hate. So, <laughs> what? I mean, they they lost it's the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Okay. Beanie, but they they lost pretty embarrassingly. It was not embarrassingly. It was, hum- it was, it was actually. The worst call ever. And yeah, the Lions fans are like, ha, 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 see that. But, you know, <laughs> it, it really doesn't come down to that because that was like, there was like no chance after that call. It was, it was over. Game was over. Yeah. The Lions game, they still had a chance even after the bad call to do things. <sighs> Stafford did not have to fumble the football when Demarcus Lawrence tackled him if that was his first name Lawrence or whatever his right, name was right right and he got it back and then he fumbled it again I mean see but Dallas that was a immaculate catch and he reached for the gold line and the nose of the ball broke the plane that should have been a touchdown I don't think so I mean that's I mean it would be yeah maybe but if if the rules were that if the ground causes a fumble on a catch it wasn't a fumble if the ground p- causes the ball to come out on the catch, it, it was a- in the end zone. It's different. <laughs> it's not. But I bet you anything. I bet you anything. They they changed the rule after uh, after this year. Oh wow! At the end of the season, I bet you they changed the rule because it should have been a catch. I agree. Oh look you. at that! I, but I don't. I, I'm I'm not saying I like the Cowboys. Well, it should it should have been a catch. Truth is truth, man. It should have been a catch. And, I have to uh, say, I've never watched American football before. <laughs> You know wow. what? <laughs> well, football yeah. for you is soccer. Yeah, soccer. Yeah, I enjoy watching soccer or European. Or, what do you call it? Like, you call it just American football. American America. football. Yeah, and we call we call what you call soccer is we call football here, and right, football right. is massive in this country. Yeah, it's, man. You know what's fun to watch though? It, it is fun. Have you ever watched Alex a soccer game with a bunch of European fans? Oh wow. No. Like, oh, it's intense. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Um, I went to a game actually in Barcelona, Barcelona against Real Madrid in the stadium, 100,000 fans. And it was, oh, oh my God. Just it's, literally insane. It's, it's crazy. almost scary. It almost, it's almost scary. Like, we were in Madrid. Uh, no, we were in, um, we were in, um, what's that town that starts? Munich in Germany. We were in Munich uh, a couple, three years ago, and we were 
we were it was in the evening we were going back home and uh the friends that we were with said hey um if you can there's a big football game tonight you need to avoid this certain subway station whatever you do just avoid this certain subway station and uh so what we we took a roundabout way to, but we walked within a couple blocks of the subway station and oh my gosh it was crazy there wasn't any rioting or anything like that but just a bunch of a bunch of drunk football fans <laughs> that were screaming yeah. and chanting and singing songs and that's like the chanting you can it's like echoes the whole the building starts to shake it's crazy that's pretty cool it was amazing really cool, but i the atmosphere is amazing i've been talking to a buddy uh about maybe going to russia for the next world cup how cool would that be wow, wow. and it okay. is in russia right the next one yeah yeah in russia yeah That'd well, that's why, if you guys can see my cup, that's why I like the St. Louis Cardinals, <laughs> the <laughs> best team in baseball. Because <laughs> when you go to a baseball game, it's so low-key, it's relaxed. You know, if, if It is. The but wildest, boring, too. It, well, that's why I love it, because it's just <laughs> relaxing, right? I mean, the, the most excited – have you ever been to a baseball game, Tom? No, I haven't, actually. You should do that when you go to L.A. You know, you, you're going to L.A. real soon. But there won't be yeah, any yeah. baseball games, but when you're there – uh, but it's just so relaxing. You kind of lay back, you know, and, and watch a relaxing game. You just got to watch out for the foul balls. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever caught a foul ball before? Almost. Oh, I got one. You know how they shoot T-shirts in the audience? Yeah. The crowd? I did catch one of those one time. Okay. But but this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. It is. Not the it sports is not podcast. sports podcast. <laughs> but yeah, basically. And, uh, <laughs> we're starting to sound like an ESPN channel there for yeah. a second. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe. commercial is coming, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm excited about this um, podcast. But first, Alex, uh, we got this thing called the Fast Cash Survival Kit. Doesn't it cost like a hundred bucks on our website or something like that? If no, I think it's actually three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Three hundred ninety nine dollars. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Okay. <laughs> and uh, talk a little bit about what's in there because I think it really people need to know about it. A lot of people have gone to the website and downloaded it, but. Um, a lot of people have it, and I'm just scratching my head thinking why, but maybe tell just a minute about what's in it. Well, it's basically a free course on the nuts and bolts of what we do as investors by wholesaling properties, uh, by finding deals. So we show you how we market, and Joe's got some awesome spreadsheets in there, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. It's been a while sp- since I've looked at it. I should crack the cover on it, I too, right? spreadsheets. Yeah, go He ahead. is a spreadsheet king. And it's got some awesome spreadsheets that shows you how to set up your business from zero to real estate hero. So you go and say, I'm going to spend this much on marketing and it's going to cost me this much per lead, which is going to come out to this much per deal. And it really helps you see how the business works because we're in the marketing business. And if you don't understand that, that's something you need to start wrapping your mind around. Because if you understand cost per lead, cost per deal, that's going to radically change things for you. That's right. So if you know your cost per lead is 40 to $50 and it takes you 50 leads, let's be on the high side, to get one deal, what is your cost per lead, Joe? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. Oh. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> wow, I got to repeat myself. All right. You know, while you were talking, I was thinking of – our buddy Preston Ely. Why are you thinking of him? Preston Ely. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you why in a minute. So all right. The all cost right. Per so, lead yes, is... We're going down to cost per lead and cost per deal. Some KPIs yes. Yes. or metrics, oh, if you want to call very them. Very important. 
right? Key performance indicators, yeah. um, which I got from Sean Terry over at the Flip to Freedom podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically what this is, is you got to say, okay, how many leads is it going to cost me to get a deal? And let's say my marketing cost was $2,000. And let's say I got 50 leads from that. How, uh, so what's my cost per lead? I was still wasn't what? paying attention. Oh, all right. So let's say I need, I need $40 is cost for lead and my me, cost for deal. Let me write that down. $40. Okay. All right. So now he's paying attention. Cost per deal is $40. No. <laughs> cost per, cost per lead. <laughs> Cost per lead. It's the hat. It's just it's throwing you off. Okay, actually. go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. All right. So the cost per lead is $40. And I say I need 50 leads to get a deal, right? Let's say one deal then is going to cost me what? $2,000, right? Two, yes, 2000 Now, if I was to spend $2,000 and I got two deals out of that, well, then my cost per deal is $1,000, right? Yes. So if you go back through your metrics and you know, hey, um, let's say you're a really good closer and it only costs you 25 leads to get one deal, well, then you know, you know how to adjust your marketing up and down or your business is just going to get that much better. So we've well, got spreadsheets like that in there. The cool thing about that, what you're talking about is you need to know what there, there's three numbers you need to know. Your cost per lead, mm-hmm. right? Number of leads per deal, right? And your average profit per deal, right? Right. And if you know those three numbers, the cool thing about that is um, you just make the slightest adjustments to maybe you, you start working on your conversions or your sales, like how to talk to sellers, or maybe you, you hire some ninja salesperson or somebody that if you can just decrease your number of leads per contract from maybe 50 to 45, that can make a huge difference in your uh, margins and your profits, your ROI. Absolutely. Or if you're spending maybe too much marketing, maybe you're sending um, letters when you should be sending postcards, right? Yeah. And you're sending, you're spending a, a dollar per marketing piece that goes out. Well, um, you need to look at your numbers and see, well, how many leads per deal am I getting from my letters? And how many leads per deal am I getting from my postcards? And how many leads per deal am I getting from Craigslist or Bandit Signs or billboards? And you look at your cost per lead and your profit per lead on each of those different yeah. types of marketing. And you may realize, you know what? I'm spending $100 per deal per lead with billboards, but I'm only spending $2 per lead with Craigslist or whatever it is, right? And then you can you, you make those small adjustments and you see what's working. It's really, really important that you know your numbers. And uh, I wanted, I don't know why I was thinking of, of Preston Ely while you were talking, Alex, um, but I want to just throw out to everybody – uh, recently, he wrote some really good blog posts on his blog. I want everybody to know about it. It's called his blog is wakewealthy.com. Wake, W A K E, wealthy.com. And if you read these, Alex, he wrote some blog posts called The Health Rabbit Hole, part yes. one, two, and three. I saw that. I saw Did that. Did you read that, Joe? I read them last been night. I to get you, Joe, P90X in and insanity <laughs> and all this type of stuff, Joe. Well, he doesn't. But it is. He doesn't talk much about um, exercise as much as no. He talks it is about all about the diet, the diet, and the food. But oh my gosh, have you been playing with it? Well, I, you know, I've I've known a little bit about this stuff, um, but 
you know, Preston has just a unique way to present this stuff, right? I mean, like how he, it's actually kind of funny. I mean, you read this and you, you just can't help but laugh. And he's either going to really annoy you or you're going to love the guy. I mean, he's got that polarizing effect. You either hate him or you love him. And I I just wanted to give a shout out to Preston to the, we need to get him on a podcast interview. Well, you 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 have his cell phone, don't you? Don't you talk to him every day? Every day, yeah. <laughs> but we need to get him on the show. And so I just want to give a shout-out to wakewealthy.com. And everybody should read these three blog posts he did called The Health Rabbit Hole, Part 1, 2, and 3. And it's just a story of his own kind of journey. Well, and I'll tell you, man, if you can control your diet, mm-hmm. you have what it takes to become rich because it yeah. is all yeah. about discipline. And yeah, I yeah. feel whenever two things are always in congruence with me, when I'm on top of my diet and things are going good, everything else seems to be falling in line. And when yeah, I'm I mean, starting to go on that end where I'm starting to, Oh, I'm going to eat some of this and eat some of that, eat some of this. And then my body gets into this ravaging state where I'm just hungry for sugar all the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have, it all comes from cycle, doesn't it? I, yeah, I completely agree. It's a, it's a holistic thing. I mean, because if you're not yeah. disciplined in your diet or, say, fitness, then when it's time to be disciplined in your business, you're like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll let it fall through the cracks and then little things build up. And uh, But yeah, I'm familiar with Preston Lee as well, but I agree with what Joe said. You either love the guy or hate the guy. I think I think his stuff's funny. It's um, it's yeah. controversial, which is good. You don't want everyone to like you anyway, I think, you know. <laughs> yeah. you, just become, you just become a pleaser then. But yeah, he's yeah. really... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, talking about a diet, I know we're talking about real estate here, but it was a high protein we diet, probably, wasn't it? We should probably head over in that direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should now. But yeah, it is a good point. I mean, healthy habits are important. Healthy habits are wealthy habits. Wealthy habits, and so it's important <laughs> that you have a discipline. And I'm not the perfect expert in this, but I will tell you, in the last probably three to four months, I have been eating a lot more healthier. Good for you, man. And so. um but I'm still, yeah, I still got some weight I want to lose. Um, I need to start exercising more. But I, I, I could not stop thinking about this. I read these three posts last night on my on the airplane ride um, back from Atlanta, and uh, it just blew me away. Like the way he presents it, um, it's funny, but it, it is really serious, and um, it's important. You are what you eat. Yes, so. you are. Your body actually changes your composition of your body changes and what you put in it is what your is what your body is right so so it's the health rabbit hole go to wakewealthy.com everybody should read those three posts and uh read everything else he has on there it's it's very good stuff preston is preston right and so it's cool it's really good so anyway um i want to read some reviews in itunes everybody real quick because we really really appreciate the reviews that we get in itunes and when you leave us a review, it helps with our rankings. It helps kind of get this podcast out there. And uh, about five, ten episodes ago, we had this post called, uh, this little show called Leave a Review, Get Some Cool Stuff. And if you leave a review, um, whether it's good or bad, we'll send you some free books, some free videos, and, and a lot more stuff than we have than just what's in our Fast Cash Survival Kit. So you got to check it out. But I'm going to read a couple of them here. <clears throat> One of them is um, Luke Buys Homes. Get your popcorn ready, five stars. He says, these guys are great. I listened to a few of their earlier episodes and then got sidetracked with Bigger Pockets and other podcasts. Uh, uh, but, you know, <laughs> it's, 
It's a good, those are good podcasts, but absolutely, you, you shouldn't ignore ours while you listen to others. Uh, I was listening to Sean Terry's podcast where he interviewed Joe, and I have since come back to the fold. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back, back. Luke. Welcome so back. much valuable information is provided for free. Also, I love how every episode does not start off explaining the most basic components of wholesaling real estate. Well, I don't know what that would be. Who would who that would, be? Who would do that? <laughs> who, who spends 10 minutes saying the same thing on every episode? His, Ooh, his initials his initials are Sean Terry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Sean too. I just talked to him the other day. Um, it's how he gets started. It's how he gets all fired up and excited and then he blasts into it. Yeah. So I'm telling you what though, he's doing something that's working because it's, he gets more downloads and listens. He's than, a man. Than any other podcaster out there on real estate investing. So, and he'd probably, you know, we've been ranting or going on and on about this other stuff. And, and a lot of people out there probably even more annoyed with us. They don't even like it. They don't even appreciate it. No. Nobody appreciates what we do. But okay, so uh, he says here, um, this is really good. He says, I love how every episode, da, 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 um, they get into the meat of the topic. Keep up the good work, Joe, and that other guy, LOL. <laughs> Just kidding, Alex. All right, one more uh, from Nell Nelusquito. Great podcast, five stores. Uh, great podcast. I have a year to listen to. Very good information for people who are beginning in this business. Thanks, guys. So yeah, we appreciate all the reviews. Please leave some more, and maybe we'll read yours on the next episode or two um so let's see here we got tom wade from windsor which is in england tom right and you can throw you can throw a rock and break one of the (laughs) windows in the um in the royal palace there right oh yeah sure yeah you can have a tea with the queen as well whenever you want can you (laughs) no no it's not that easy but yeah it's just um how far are you really from from the windsor castle the windsor castle is literally two minutes okay it's just literally around the corner wow <laughs> literally just around the corner yeah it's, That's a, sweet. it's just it's just it's just outside london it's about it's about 30 minutes drive from from central london so lovely little town great definitely visit when you're when you're okay. down in england i gotta i gotta ask you something do you do a lot of people in england watch downton abbey is that a popular show there is it kind of portray what england really was like way back in the 20s um, I'm not actually familiar with that show. No, I don't, I don't watch too much TV. Uh, sorry, sorry to disappoint. Well, that's fine. I don't watch too much TV either. I don't watch Downton Abbey. I don't you know. say Downton. 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 I don't it's not watch downtown. It. No, it's Downton. Downton. No, and I don't watch it. I'm just saying. Okay, but anyway, Tom, so you, yeah, live, you live in England. We were yeah. there about uh, two years ago. Flew into London. It was about a month or two before the Olympics, and we waited in their um, cattle stall with that uh, like a thousand people in this huge room going through customs for like three hours. It was crazy, but our kids did awesome. And then we uh, we saw London. London's a beautiful city. We we fell in love with it. It's awesome, but it was so it's just so huge. It's crazy. It's yeah. awesome. The best thing you guys have. I mean. It's so awesome, Alex, because they drive on the wrong side of the road, right? <laughs> and as you're crossing, oh, yeah. as you're crossing the street, if you're not careful, you'll get smacked by a car. And so every crosswalk, they have this uh, these letters uh, painted on the sidewalk. Look this way for traffic, or this way. Did you go in one of the black cabs, Joe? Or? No, no, we didn't. Oh, we, no, you should have. <laughs> we t- we we went on the the, the double decker bus. That was a lot of fun. 
Oh, cool. Um, but, you know, it was just a beautiful city. And then we went to Northern Ireland to get out into the country. It was gorgeous. I love going out to England, and I'm hoping to go again real soon here. But So, okay, Tom, you, you've, you're from England. You're in Windsor. Uh, tell us your story a little bit. I mean, you were um, working corporate job. You start hearing podcasts. You start flipping deals. And you actually, I want, to, I want you to tell the story of how you, how you flipped a deal in the United States um, from England. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Fact, I just want to say thanks for having me, guys. It's you know it's awesome to be on, and hello, listeners. But yeah, well, the story was pretty much I was working a nine to five about three or four years ago, and I was just doing you know a job. I was waking up and doing things I didn't enjoy. So it was it was a grind, you know, when you're working a nine to five job. It's and you don't like it. Waking up in the morning, you're not inspired to give your best work. So I knew from a young age. I mean, I actually dropped out of college at sixteen. So I always had that sort of entrepreneurial spirit. And I always wanted to get into real estate, something that I always wanted. Even when I was younger, I said, look, I want to you know, do houses. That's what I used to say about six or seven years, uh, six or seven years old. So I knew I wanted to go into that. Uh, I just didn't know where to start. I didn't have a clue. And um, I was working nine to fives, you know, low income. And I always wanted to have a lot of money, but also have freedom as well. And to be able to, if I wanted to travel, then I could do that. So one time of just coincidence divine intervention if you like i speak one of my friends said have you seen the foreclosures in the u.s maybe you could save up or get a loan and buy one of them and flip them what the year was this this was this was back in fact about 2009 okay 2009 2010 now yeah i think um foreclosures and i know the crash was about 08 wasn't it it was around about the same time as the uk as well so i was looking at these properties but i had no idea about real estate at the time so i was yeah i was an amateur so i thought yeah that sounds good so i started doing some research online and i started to come across different people you know actually uh, yourselves and sean terry and some other people and dean graziosi and these other people that were doing it and teaching and actually flipping deals and i come across creative options and i thought wow this you know, this looks at this looks amazing how you can flip deals with no experience, which I had no experience, no credit, which my credit cards were maxed out. So I had no credit and and no cash, which I had literally just deficit. So it was like, well, this is made for me. Um, and about a year later, about a year later, doubts and fears started getting. I started to dabble with it. I didn't really fully integrate myself and say, okay, let's but you know, let's burn the boats here and make this happen. I didn't do that. I sort of dabbled. But then I started looking at different people that were actually having success in the US. And I thought, well, it's going to be challenging for me to actually flip a deal in the US while I'm in the UK. So that's when I actually started looking how you could do it virtually. And I come across different people that were doing it, especially like yourselves and other people that were teaching this as well. So I thought, okay, let's dive in and let's do it. And yeah, to make a long story short, I actually done my first deal I done was in Memphis, Tennessee. It was a free bed, free bed house, and I wholesaled this house. But the owner well, how, was. How actually, did you get it under contract? Was it was it in. A- uh, it was from Craigslist. Okay. So I just literally because I had no money at the time, I had no marketing budget. So I thought, okay, let's not make excuses here. Let's just go on Craigslist, start emailing people. And I done that. He come back to me, and I found out he was actually living in the UK. He was an out of he, yeah, wow. he was living overseas. And I thought, wow, yeah, and um, yeah, I started emailing, and I found out the house was completely trashed by the last tenant. It was boarded up, and it was just in a mess. And he wanted, I believe, he wanted twenty thousand dollars for it, um, but he was so it was a very distressed seller, and I got him down to ten thousand dollars. 
and wow. I was like, I, I, and this was all done via email. I didn't yeah. even pick up the phone, and I was like, because I, I, I didn't really, because I was learning from people that were doing it. I always believe in finding, modeling the best, or finding people that are doing it, and just following in their footsteps. And I didn't have, in my mind, I didn't have the doubt that it wasn't possible. Yeah. So I just saw people that were doing it. I thought, okay, well, I'll just do the same, and I'll flip a deal in the US just like it's normal. <laughs> and um, and then I, fa- I, I, I think I made. I actually found the buyer actually via Facebook and um, I got in touch with him via Facebook and he said, yep, let me go around there and I got a lockbox on the property. I got someone to put a lockbox on there. He went round and he said, yep, let's take it and I found a title company online and yeah, I just flipped it and then got a wire in about four six weeks later and that was, yeah, there was a few more little things, a few challenges up until that point but that was how i done my first deal in the u.s yeah so you this is so cool i love this because i'm not kidding just the other day i talked to a gentleman from england who was trying to flip deals in the united states and uh, he was really discouraged and uh, he's really struggling okay. and um I, I i was trying to encourage him i said look don't quit or give up you, you gotta mm. be consistent with the marketing you gotta be persistent it's 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 a longer I don't want to say it's a numbers game because it's really important if you, you know how to talk to sellers and, and, and sell, which you're going to be sure, talking about because yeah. you're oh, good yeah, at that. Yeah. Um, but I was just encouraging not to give up. And then uh, literally like a few hours after I talked to him, I hear your story when we were talking the other day about this. And mm-hmm. it's just awesome because um, you can do this from anywhere in the world. And, and you do now a lot of deals even in your own backyard virtually while you travel all around Europe, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. well, um, it, after that, after I'd done the deal in the yeah. US, what I'd done was I, thought, I I didn't actually know options and real estate, creative real estate and no money down real estate was possible in the UK. Yeah. I just didn't have any clue. I didn't think it was possible. So uh, what I did was I just took the knowledge from there and said, well, why not apply it in my own backyard mm-hmm. and see what happens here? And I started doing that and I actually started – I was looking at different deals because I was studying different strategies such as wholesaling lease options and also wholesaling just below market value deals. I went at it a bit of both, but the beauty of it is there was absolutely, there was a little bit of competition, but compared to the US, there was pretty much zero. So when I was doing different strategies such as direct mail to probate, I was the the um, solicitor, I think you'd call it. I don't know what you, uh, what you, what you call it there, but the um, PR, the, the representative of, of the estate, they okay. said, this is the only letter I've had. And I was like, wow, is any, I, I just didn't have any clues. I thought, is anyone doing this? And that led me on the journey to right. apply what I learned in the US and really just take it to a whole new level and yeah, do it all virtually. And yes, right. it's a blast. The business is an absolute blast. So we were talking about this before and, and I want to talk about how you do your marketing because um, you you understand the importance of marketing. You You've You've come up with, you know what your numbers are, right? I mean, you have to send out a certain number of letters or you need to contact a certain number of people on Gumtree, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, so yeah, cool. yeah. Um, but okay, so let's talk about lease options a little bit because the deal that you flipped in the United States was just a regular wholesaling deal. Yep. Um, did you did you have any problems getting the money wired to you even though you were from another country? Or how did that, was that a difficult process? It wasn't difficult. No, I just had to set up um, a U.S. Uh, but yeah, basically like a U.S. account, so the tax treaty. So okay. between the tax treaty between the U.K. and U.S. And I just got someone to help me with that. It was in I had to go to London and sort that out. 
and they set up the accounts. But yeah, it was pretty simple. I mean, m- my mind was really, okay, I- I'm the type of person that I'll do it and I'll figure out the details later. Nice. So I just dived in and just thought, I, you know, because at the time I was just, I, it was killing me working and stuff. And <laughs> as you know, when, you're, when you've got that entre- entrepreneurial spirit, working for someone else, it, it you know, kills your, drains your energy yeah. and your soul really. So I knew that I wanted to do it. So I just thought, because I didn't actually think it was possible in my country in England. So I just thought, okay, well, let's do it in the US. If other people can do it, for it like yourself, if you can flip deals in Prague, yeah, yeah, and you're literally just an hour away from me on the plane in Prague, I'm, I'm in England, then yeah. I can do it as well. So that, yeah. Well, sometimes you got to, I like the saying um, that sometimes you got to fall, you got to jump from the building and figure out how you how to fly as you're falling. And Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, in a certain sense, and that really, really relates to business because – um, I love the saying too that ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. Ignorance on fire yeah. is better than knowledge on ice because a lot of people want to know everything. They want to know <laughs> all of the what ifs. They want to have all mm. of their questions figured out first in advance before they take any action. And that's a recipe for disaster because you'll yeah. never ever get to that point where you're starting to do deals if you have to have all your questions answered first. Yeah, well, I mean, what you said there, I mean, everyone can have the knowledge and try and figure out, okay, how does that work? How does it work when it goes to the title company? Uh, what if my marketing doesn't work? And then a lot of people have questions, oh, what if I spend, I've only got $500 left. What if I spend all of that money on marketing? And I don't get a deal. But that type of mindset, I just come from an abundant mindset, really. If I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just going to make it happen. If someone else is doing it, then it's over for me. I know I'm just going to go full in. And I think everyone has that in them, but they just let the fears and doubts come. Good. So, uh, but what, what you said, I think about knowledge is applied knowledge is what a lot of people say knowledge is power. I think action, yeah. taking consistent action day in, day out until you get your results and then tweaking it along the way and saying, that's what you said at the start, which, which I agree with, like you're knowing your numbers. So you could look, look, uh, look at um, a log sheet yeah. and go, Actually, bandit signs seem to be working great for me this month. So I'm going to up, I'm going to ramp up the marketing on bandit signs, or maybe I'm low on my uh, budget yeah. this month. So let's do Craigslist, or as we say here, Gumtree. So Gumtree. All right. <laughs> yeah, so Gumtree. now, do you call them? I, it's funny in um, in England, you call them sourcing and packaging deals. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So you do wholesale deals. You call it wholesale and we just call it, which there is wholesaling here as well, but most people just know the terms as just um, sourcing and packaging BMV. So finding it as say uh, £75,000 and flipping it on for 80000 or Yeah. So then when you do that, are, do you assign your contract or do you double close? How, do you, how does that part of the transaction work? I'm just curious. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, we get it under an option. Okay. Secure it under an option and just assign that option nice. on, on closing. And I just so – same way, uh, same way as you, you do it. I receive a reservation fee, non-refundable deposit yeah. to make sure they're serious and then just move it forward to the solicitors and, cool. yeah, move it forward. And, yeah, so it's, it, all the strategies that are used in the U.S., a lot of them are used here, but I'm bringing and innovating a few different strategies. Yeah. That, so as, for example, at like wholesaling lease options, very few people actually do it here. They use a different type of strategy on lease options. So the market is there's a whole market yeah. to attack, really, and you know it's it's incredible. Okay, well, I, I love lease options because it allows you to control property without owning it. Okay, so in England, is it is it the same concept? Does it work the same way? You have a uh, you have a, an option on a property to buy it in a couple years, 
and then you lease it from the seller during that time? Is that the same thing? Exactly the same. So I'll give you an example of a deal. The first deal I done in the UK was a lease option. I was here in Windsor and my first lease option was up north. So closer, are you familiar with Scotland? Well, on a map, yeah. Uh Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so it was up north and it was in South Yorkshire. And that was my first lease option. That was actually on Gumtree. I went on Gumtree and contacted the lady and found out she didn't have any equity in her house. And this is when I was doing it all myself for that point, and I get on to how I sort of yeah. started to outsource, started to do more outsourcing and delegate, delegating the tasks. But I found out she didn't have any equity. So this is all over the phone at the time. And I actually, I floated the idea past her about how we could take over our payments. And ba- how I put it is sort of babysitting the existing payments huh. up until the market recovers so we can purchase it. And she was a bit skeptical at first. And she actually said no straight away. And... At the time, I was learning a lot about how to negotiate and how to turn, never accept no for an answer in, in sales and, and, and answer their objections. And I got through to that. And a few few calls later, she said, OK, well, what's the next step? I'm happy with this. I sent her through a few details and she said, yeah, let's go ahead. So what I did with this one, because I wanted to get some cash for myself, I wanted to build up some so I could quit my job. Well, could you talk real quickly about how much equity was in the deal? Was there any equity and was there cash the ha- flow? No, it was actually a negative equity, the okay. house. The house was, the existing mortgage was £70,000 okay. and the current market value was £60,000. Okay. So there was quite a bit. So I knew for a fact, I knew, okay, I need to get this under a long option. I actually yeah. got it on a 15-year nice. option nice. and um, just to allow the market to recover enough time yeah. for that but what I did what what strategy we use and I'm I'm sure you probably use it in the US as well is I actually so I agree I agreed it in principle and she was happy but then I said okay well I, need, I want to find I want to package this deal up and find a buyer so I packaged the deal up and I actually um, found a buyer and he was in London but he was and the buyer was actually found again on on, on Gumtree really and he was uh he, he was an accountant in London and he was going back and forth from London to India, back and forth. So he he just was very hands-off. He said, can you do everything for me? Can you help find a tenant for me? And I said, okay, well, this is what I charge. And even though I didn't have any money at the time, so I yeah. just thought, let's just test it and see what happens. And he said, sure, no problem. I And I managed to package them up and source them together. And really? I think I made from that deal altogether £4,000 from that deal, and that was my first deal I'd done. So, so. You, you packaged them together. Yep. Um, so you had two properties under a lease option contract. One of them was really long because it was negative equity. Yeah. And the other one was a negative equity too. Yeah. Well, this is the first one. I'm still talking about this. Okay. The first one. Yeah. So I just found my, my my exit strategy, if you like, was just to agree the term, the 15 year term, and then package that on to an investor that wanted to take over the payments and rent it out. Oh, so okay, you're packaging this then. And then selling the contract or the package to another investor. Exactly. I see. I see. Yeah. So then, um, was there cash flow monthly difference between the mortgage payment and the rent on that yes. property? Yes, there was some cash flow. The cash flow was about, I believe, one hundred and twenty-five pounds. So it wasn't massive cash flow, but I found for him, he just the concept of lease options to the investor that I packaged the property onto he didn't have too much experience and he was happy just to have more properties on his books really so well, he was over the moon with that and he gets to hold it for 15 years so exactly it's going to be probably if it's worth 80 now it's probably going to be worth 
a hundred pounds in fifteen years, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, or even more. I mean, in fifteen years, I mean, on the land registry here, which it records all of the sales. I mean, they say up north it's probably doubles every nine years. Yeah. So you know, he's got fifteen years there. He's receiving cash flow as well. He could find a tenant buyer for the property, and and he's become a great a great client since then. And I've sourced him on since then another ten or twelve deals. So it's. Nice. Uh, so then have you um, – did you find a tenant to live in the house for him then? Yeah, that, that's what i done for him. I found a tenant for him, yeah. I just okay. – um, quite easy and I think he paid me an extra £500 to do that. So nice. uh, he was very just hands-off and he wanted me to do everything for him. And I, at the time, I was just like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, do any, I'll do everything for you. So I wanted to get as much cash in yeah. uh, in the bank as possible so I could – Nice. Pay. So for, for our US listeners, £4,000 is about – Five thousand U.S. dollars? No, it's probably about six, closer to seven thousand. I think, or six and a half thousand dollars. Wow, that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's to me at the time. To me at the time, literally, that was massive because I think I was earning about a thousand dollars a month for the time. Oh wow! So it was to me, it was massive at the time. It's just yeah. I've been looking a lot lately at the currency exchange rates to the euro and the dollar, yeah, and the yeah. pound and the Czech crown to the dollar. Because we're actually thinking about going to back to Prague in in uh, July, June or July of 2015, for at least like three to six months. We're so excited about it. Oh, sweet! And um, so we're going to be going there. And if you look at a chart, it's kind of crazy. The uh, the euro has been dropping dramatically the last few months uh, compared to the U.S. dollar. And, oh yeah. Um, so it's amazing the difference in flux, the, the 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 currency exchange rates, are going especially up. the crash with Greece and yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of the euro is being yeah crashing. Okay, so this is really cool. You're you're now starting to do these lease option deals, and you're packaging them. Yeah. Are you selling them to investors? Is that what you typically do then? Well, that's that's when I first got got into. It. I was packaging them, I was agreeing them, and packaging them on because I wanted some cash flow coming on. But from now, what we're doing is we're doing a lot of different types of strategies. So we're still packaging them on to investors. Okay. But we're also what I'm doing this year is I'm doing. A different type of strategy, a different package where I'm, I'm agreeing the deal with the seller, but I'm also finding the tenant buyer for the property and taking the initial um, option fee, the tenant buyer up front. But then I'm also packaging it to an investor uh, as an already ready made deal with a tenant buyer. So I'm getting two fees. So I'm getting, a, I'm, instead of making uh, four or five thousand pounds a deal, I'm making about ten thousand pounds per deal. And that's something I'm looking to get into. A lot nice. more in 2015. So it's just a little spin. Are you spin doing what, what percent of your deals now? Are you doing well? First of all, like how, what? Um, how many deals are you averaging a month right now in your business? Uh, right now, about uh, about five to six deals a month at the moment. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the average income is in England, but I'm I'm suspecting that you're making probably a lot more than the average income for people well, living in London right now. The average, the average income in London is a little bit more in in London. But the average income in the UK, I think it's about twenty five to thirty thousand pounds. Okay. The average income thirty, probably closer to thirty thousand pounds. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, what, even just one deal a month, I mean, is three to four grand, and you know that can replace most people's incomes. And and you know you can do this business part time. That's the beauty of it. So, how many pounds per month? Is the average income, or is that an annual average income? Um, that's annual, so it's okay, probably okay. per month. It's probably about two thousand pounds per month. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Congratulations. Yeah. Good for you, Tom. I mean, that's so cool. To, I love hearing those stories. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, of course. Guys who just say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to live life on my own terms, right? Oh. I don't have to sit in this cubic hell for the rest of my life. Do you have cubicles? In yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I the little bo- boxed in things oh, where you can't it's breathe. And, it's yeah, horrible. Well, I, to be honest, it's... It, to me, the way I see it is, you know, you you have one life, and and some people, you know, some people there are an exception that like working for other people and they like getting told what to do. But for me, I'm a very very bad employee, and I just don't play ball with people telling me what to do. And that's just the way I've been since I was young. I mean, I dropped out of college early on, so I always had that sort of spirit to, to go out and do my own thing. And when real estate come knocking, it was like divine intervention, really. I mean, I still pinch myself every day and say how lucky I am. To be able to do, yeah, to be able to be in a business where you can literally, with no anyone can do it. A cleaner could do it out on the streets, finding property, um, property for this yeah. much, and then just flipping it on for this much, and just doing just doing three or four a year is more than most people's annual income. So it's yeah, it's incredible. But I love the business. All right. So, what percent of your deals are lease option deals, and what percent are uh, regular wholesaling deals. Do you understand? So it's about, yeah, yeah. Wholesale deals. Yeah. So about 70% are lease option deals and 30% are just BMV wholesale deals where I flip the deal onto a cash buyer. But there's also a different strategy we are, we do do as well. And we call it here an assisted sale. So what we do is the same concept is get it under an option. Okay. But what we do is we flip it onto retail Okay. We flip it onto retail. So like we delay the completion almost. So we go in there. So we get it under an option. And let's just say it's a probate property. It needs a little bit of work. And um, we, we're going there, put it under an option. We do the work on the property. And then we flip that straight on to a retail. So we okay. put it up with like a realtor, what we call it here as an yeah. estate agent. And, um, and I say to him, look, find a buyer for this. And as quick as time, uh, yeah, and as fast as time possible. And that's a great strategy. But the profit margins are... Uh, a fifteen to twenty five thousand pounds per deal. Obviously, it's a bit. It's it's like a fix and flip, yeah, okay. pretty much. But I'm just not putting all my cash down. I'm getting it under an option, doing the property up, and then flipping it now to in, a retail buyer. In England, do you have something like the MLS, where there's one place everybody goes to to get uh, properties information on properties? Yeah, yeah. The the MLS is the multiple listing service. Yeah. Am I right? Uh-huh. Yeah. What we have here is we have like Rightmove and Zoopla. I don't know if you're familiar no. with them. They're big. Uh, yeah, they're big advertisement uh, websites where estate agents, realtors will go on and advertise okay. a property so you can contact them directly. It'd be cool, Tom. Could you um, email me the links to those sites? I'll put them in the show notes. I'd like, if people are in America, I'd like to see what that looks like. I'd love to to send that yeah, to yeah. them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> Put um, links to UK MLS. And there's also Gumtree. So you go to Gumtree is like the American version of Craigslist. People put their houses on there for rent or for sale. Is that right? Yeah. So it's private sellers will go on there, advertise there, list their property for sale, wanting to obviously avoid fees. Yeah. Okay. Um, realtors fees. And yeah, we just contact them directly either via email or uh, text. Okay. And which is brilliant. I've been doing that for years here in the United States. And, uh, we've also talked about this before the marketing that you're doing right now. So how much direct mail are you sending and how much are you, are you doing on Gumtree where you're contacting the sellers through that way? 
Well, I'm doing several areas in Gumtree. We're picking about three to four different areas, especially up north, because that's where the it's more um, the equity situation. So it's more it's better for lease options. But we're also contacting private sellers, but also pe- uh, landlords as well. So we're trying to find tired landlords either for wholesale um, below market value deals or also wholesaling lease options as well. So we're contacting them directly. Direct mail, what I'm doing is I'm sending a lot of uh, yellow letters and postcards to um, negative equity databases. So people that bought in the crash, so 2007 to 2008, I'm consistently mailing, spending around about, about 3K a month on that at the moment. Um, wow. but we're also doing probates as well. So direct mail probates yeah. and, um, consistently doing that and sending it to the executor as well as also, we're actually testing something at the moment It's sending it to, uh, directly to the actual deceased estate as well. And we're having quite a good success with that. And some of my students as well have been, yeah, getting quite a lot of deals from that as well. So but what's, it's, um, what's so cool is you're, you're blazing a trail. It's like uh, hardly anybody is doing this in England. Right. Yeah. Well, there's some people that teach it. I mean, you've got so, you know, gurus that teach this type of stuff. And um, but it's, it's like anything. There's always going to be strategies that are taught, but not a lot of people take action and apply it. And when we talk about cause I know you're big on this and, um, you know, this is what I do. Talk about virtually doing it where you can do it all from your just yeah. phone and laptop and you can have the freedom to say, OK, well, uh, I want to go to Barcelona. Or I want to, want to go to Thailand and live there for a couple of months. Your business doesn't get affected simply because you can run this all with just an internet connection. I know some people say, "Oh, that sounds a bit cheesy," but you actually can. That's that's the, that's the, that's the funny thing about this business is you actually can do that. So all you need is a, and a phone and laptop, and that's what I've found. And in terms of sellers meeting sellers, I rarely ever meet uh, meet yeah. sellers. I pretty much do it all from my laptop. And I mean, um, just recently, I'll give you an example. I went to Bar- uh, Barcelona, I think about about six weeks ago. Yeah. And I was there for about, I think for about five, six days. And we flipped a couple of deals while, nice. while I was out there and staying in you know, a beautiful place. And no, I'm not saying that to impress people. I'm saying what's possible, what you can actually do. And there's nothing special about me. I've just learned how a system works and I'm just following a proven system and just doing it over and over again. Well, what's so cool about this is you're, ne- you're flipping homes in your own backyard with, without seeing the house, really just talking to the seller on the phone. <clears throat> yep. you're, not, you're not getting in your car, going to look at the house. You're flipping these properties from your desk. Or from yeah, yeah, the yeah, coffee sure. shop, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone knows everyone knows people that know me in, in England. I'm always at the coffee shop, and because I've got because the calls, I've got a lot of it. I'm always at Starbucks or um, as a ca- cafe Nero here in in Europe. It's quite popular. You'll probably see it when you when you go to Prague. But yeah, because uh, yeah, the majority of the calls I have now. When I first started in the business, the first three to six months, I was doing everything myself, which I was fine for. I was still doing it virtually, but I was doing every call. So I was doing about what I was doing as I was leaving work, rushing back home, and I've set up appointments. I was jumping on the phone till about 10 p.m., emailing, doing everything myself, until I just asked myself a simple question. And I said, okay, can this stuff I'm doing, can I outsource this to someone um, overseas, say in the Philippines? Right, right. Can I, is that possible for me to do? And I started getting into that. And a big inspiration for me at the time was actually the four-hour work week, mm-hmm. which was you know, this is a game changer for me at the time. So I started, yeah, Looks I started like, going. Hey, Alex. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm here. We lost you for a while there. 
Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, we were we were just talking to Tom about um, how he's been doing these deals virtually. Um, okay. Even even when he was doing deals in England, and he's in England, he's doing these deals uh, from his computer and from with his cell phone. But now he's starting to travel around Europe, still doing deals in England, which I think is so exciting. And Tom, you're talking awesome. about. Um, you're talking about your virtual assistants. So you have a team. Talk a little bit about the outsourcing of it and how you do that. I mean, I imagine that's yeah. even in America that still sounds foreign to a lot of people. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's talk about that a minute. Yeah, that's a good, good question. Well, like I said, what in, well, I was doing everything myself, and which was fine at the start because I was uh, I wanted to you know get stuck in and learn it. I think I'm a firm believer is first do something and then you can teach people outsource it to other people. So. I went through that and I actually, the four hour work week and Timothy Ferris inspired me uh-huh. to start outsourcing. And I looked at, I looked at what I could outsource. So I just asked myself a simple question and I said, can I outsource the emails? Yes. Can I outsource the texting on Gumtree? Yes. Can I outsource the screening of the calls? So I'm only speaking to serious motivated sellers. Yes. Yeah. I can outsource that to someone in the Philippines and I can do that for say 150 pounds per month. And you know, for them that they're, they're happy to do that. Every day. I love that. 150 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that would be about yeah. that'd be about 300 US dollars a month maybe, right? Yeah, about that, yeah. So wow. so so that led me so that led me on that journey to say, okay, well, what can I outsource? So I started doing that. But um and I was having good success of that, but what I found personally for me is I found the um the accents of the Philippines are more closer to the US compared to English accents are obviously quite a lot Oh, different. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, uh, so what I did from there is I actually wanted to get, so I said, how can I keep my costs down low? So I started finding people that are working commission base. So stay at home moms that are happy to work on commission basis, take the calls for me, screen them nice. and also help close the deals as well. So all well, I did was you're, I said, you're paying them commission based. So you're not paying commission them a salary. Base. No, no, all commission. I, I don't Brilliant. have any people employees. It's all on commission basis. And, uh, and they're happy with that. It's not like I'm finding someone. And I find what happens is you find people that are more hungry and more willing to actually do it. Because if they're on the, in a minimum wage, they're sort of like, ah, you know, I, yeah, okay, it's, it's okay. But when I find someone on commission basis and I say, look, this can get, this is what you can earn, but it can get a lot, lot better. There'd be more opportunity, maybe even joint venture on other businesses and other things I'm doing there. They're, they're happy. I mean, because two hours a day for them to potentially, let's just say they've done a deal a week. I give them a 20% commission on each deal I do. So four grand, so that's about £700 per deal. And they can earn anywhere between £2,000 plus, and they are doing that. So, um, awesome. so, that's, so, so that's what I found with the Philippines. It's better to get them to do the data entry work yeah. and find someone that's a more... Because in England, you know, people like to talk about how bad the weather is and stuff like that. And I find that the Philippines can't always connect on that level. So it's, it's just testing, testing right. things. So um, you, you, let's talk about some of the systems and tools that you use for outsourcing. Um, your, your Filipino VAs, do you have a website that you use to manage them? Um, I actually use Odesk. Odesk. Okay, cool. Yeah, I use to find them. And I, I've been using, what I am doing is I'm actually moving over to Podio. But as my CRM, I was using Google Drive, okay. so I was finding I just find Podio is a bit more streamlined and you know works for me a little bit better. So I'm in the process we're setting that up at the moment. But I've been using Google Drive. I don't think you've ever heard of Podio, have you, Joe? Podio? No. Yeah, you've never heard of that, have you? No. 
But you know what? Um, it's interesting is Podio was actually started and designed by a company yes. in Europe. Um, I want to say the Netherlands, but Holland or it's all yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> somewhere up there, right? <laughs> but um, that's cool. So now you're starting to use you use Odesk to manage your VAs. You're using you're starting now to use Podio to manage the lead flow, which is awesome because especially if you're going to be doing a business virtually, mm. you need somehow you need some tool that can allow you to um, you know control all the leads no matter where they're coming from or who's handling them. And it's a great way for you to collaborate and communicate with your team. You understand what I'm saying, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to have a – it's like a base. It's like a um, – I would call it like the virtual office. I always use the analogy of like a coffee shop. You know, they've got their base. They've got their system up and running. Like Starbucks, it's, it's, it's leveraged and they can afford just to replicate the same thing and scale it. So that's what I, how I look at a business, really. I think a lot of property investors, myself, at the start, you look at it, you start treating it not like a business, like a hobby. Yeah. So I had to say, how can I scale this to a completely different level where I can take it, you know, six figures and beyond, multiple six figures a, a year? And, you know, how can I do that? And the only way to do that is by outsourcing and finding other people that can do the majority of work. And it, it just works so much better. And if I'm out with my friends and I'm at a, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm out enjoying like a nice meal at a restaurant. I can still have people taking calls for me, and my business still runs. So I'm not rely. It's not. It's not. If if I don't do tasks that day, yeah, it's okay because my business still runs. So I'm not relying on other people. Uh, no, sorry, I'm not relying on myself to do it all, to do everything. Otherwise, if if I fall ill or something happens. Or uh, my business stops, but in this case, when I've delegated past to other people, it still runs. So, yeah, I love it. outsourcing. I think it's just crucial to make a business um, scalable, hundred percent. Now, talk about how do you find somebody to to market the home, to show the home, to take the pictures, and and who do you have to do that for you? That's great. So, what I do, um, that's a good question, actually. What I do with this, um, actually, the sellers, I get the vendors to take the photos for me. And I also get them to take a video as well for me. And then they email that direct, yeah, straight to me. And um, normally what I do most of the time is I might have, I have a lot of contacts. So I might say to them, look, you don't mind if you just go around and do, do some viewings. Is that okay? And then I give them a commission on the back end and we build good relationships like that. And I've actually got people all around the UK that can do that for me and we oh, just nice. build great relationships and for them just to go 15 20 minutes in the car um for a fight you know 250 pounds commission or 500 pounds or whatever if i'm feeling generous he's got <laughs> they're, it they're, they're he's got it down he's got yeah, the whole process that. down well so it's it's brilliant because you have a virtual assistant in the philippines who's doing your marketing right who is yeah. uh sending the email sending the text messages I'm sure you're not licking stamps and sending envelopes yourself, so you have a company that's doing your direct yeah, mail yeah, for you, right? Yeah, uh, yeah they then do you, everything. I just send them the data, and they, they, so they fire it off. Nice. And then you have a stay-at-home mom who knows how to talk about the weather in England <laughs> that takes yeah, the, the calls. Bad yeah. The bad weather. People and by the way, when we, were, when we were in London, it was beautiful. Uh, That's a beautiful was, day here as well. I think English people just love to complain about the weather. I mean, <laughs> it's just conversation everywhere you go. You'll hear, oh, it's raining again. But yeah, it's another story. Okay. So, um, and then you have uh, the VAs or the, the stay-at-home mother, whoever's in England, will pre-screen the leads, right? So they will ask the basic questions 
um, pre-screen the leads, and you are only talking to the most motivated sellers, the ones who are most likely to want to do a deal right away, right? Yeah, so I'm talking to the hot leads. So I know they've, right. they've gone through a screening process where the um, <clears throat> my assistant in the Philippines have screened them or one what someone that works with me on on commission basis that would have screened them and uh, maybe done a follow up call and and they've already put the idea that they've got to the point they found out how much equity have they got can this be a um, wholesale uh, below market value deal or maybe if they don't have any equity then they know the strategies to offer so could this work for you where we could babysit the payments etc and allow the market to recover for any uh, via release options so uh, and then if I want to get on the phone then I, then I will but because I love getting on the phone and doing deals because it's a passion of mine and I'll, I'll do that every week so yeah. I'll jump on the phone and um, after this call now I've, I've got a few um, leads to call up so and that's something that we could spend probably an hour talking about because it's really important what you say to sellers, how do you control the conversation, how to ask the right questions. And I imagine that goes across cultural uh, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. It's the same I'd probably principles. Say I'll probably say it's one of the most important things because anyone can do marketing and anyone can do – each generation is obviously important. Everyone can get leads into the system. But it's how to turn them leads that's into huge. deals. And obviously, that's the one that gets cash in your pocket because most people – they they don't learn sales. They're not you know they're not willing to. What I done is I I just studied from from the best people um, in in the NLP world, such as people like uh, Tony Robbins and other people in that area, wow. to learn how to actually negotiate and to be able to do deals and answer the you know ask ask the right questions because you can get on the phone if the person. I just firmly believe people will do business with people they know, like and trust. So if they don't if they don't feel they trust you, then you're just even if they fit the bill and they would sell be it below market value or they would do a lease option. If they don't trust you because you're not building rapport, then you, you just can't can't do it. But the beauty, when you learn how to close deals, you can – a lot of people think, I have to go around, I have to go meet the seller. But I think you only have to meet the seller if you haven't mastered the art of negotiation and closing the deal. That's what I, that's what I believe. That's my experience. That's really good. Really, now really good. Now, you're doing mainly lease options, right? Uh, I'm doing about 70, I think you got cut off earlier when Joe asked, well, I'm doing about 70% lease options and 30% wholesale uh, below market value properties. Okay. And what's interesting, Alex, is he's he's packaging a lot of his lease option deals and selling them to investors. So he's getting money on the front end and the back end. So he's getting, he's getting the, you put the tenant buyer in the property, right, Tom? You collect yeah, the yeah. money from the tenant buyer. And then when he sells it to the investor who wants the investment property to hold, you're, he's collecting an assignment fee from the, exactly, from the yeah. investor as well. Wow, it's, it's doubling up. Doubling up, yes, that's good. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, it's just it, it's something we're it's new. We're doing. We're actually starting to sort of innovate and try and do and do this. But uh, the, <clears throat> there's a lot of tenant buyers, especially now. I mean, I don't know if you're finding it in in the US as well, this new, you know, the new year, everyone wants to get on the housing ladder and they're motivated to have a fresh start. So I'm finding there's tons of tenant buyers yeah. coming in and I'm, you know, building a data, more of a bigger database UK wide. That's awesome. So now you're, you've got the VAs, you've got the, the, the stay at home moms who are taking your calls. <clears throat> you talk to the most motivated sellers. When you get a property under contract, you don't go to the house to get the contract signed. You, you, you sign them electronically or, yeah, yeah, I use a um, software called HelloSign. I don't yeah, know if you're familiar it. with that. HelloSign, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, HelloSign and just send over the um, paperwork. I mean, if it is an elderly person, then, yeah, you can just send it. 
yeah, you, UPS, yeah. I, can, I can send it that way. But uh, or it, it sometimes, I don't want to give the wrong impression, sometimes sellers will go, I want to meet you. If I, if I ever get someone to go meet them, I want to make sure they've already, I've already put a soft offer past them. They said, yeah, yeah, I pretty much know they're going to say yes, but they might just want the old school and they might want a reassurance of a handshake and someone to do that, which is, which is say 20% of deals I have. But I've managed to build a lot of relationships with other wholesalers and investors that will happily go around there for me and get the contracts on that way. Beautiful. And then when you have the, um, when you have a, you start marketing a house, you get the seller to send you pictures um, and to send you video. You have you 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 hire people on a commission based only to actually help show the home if you have to and do any of the legwork, right? So yeah, yeah, you've you've literally have outsourced ninety five percent of the deals, and and because yeah. you're you're good at talking to sellers and you enjoy that, you're keeping that. Uh, for yourself. And that's probably, you've discovered, I'm going to guess, the best use of your time. You figured out, you know what, if I'm going to, there's all these things that I've got to do in this business to do a deal. This is what gives me the best return on my time. And this is what I'm best at. So this is what I need to continue to do. And let me just outsource everything else. Is that kind of right? The way you look at it? Yeah, because I always look at how how valuable is your hour? So instead of how much money you make, because you could be running around spending, say, 80 hours a week on the business, yet you're making a lot of money, but your hourly rate is reduced. Right. So I just look at the small tasks and I just ask myself a simple question. Can this be outsourced to someone else so I can focus on things, AI, what I enjoy and love, and two, which makes me more money and so I can do the things I, w- I want to do. I try and keep it as simple as possible with business. And my, my core thing is getting leads in the system and getting them, turning them leads into deals and, uh, and keeping well, it as simple as possible. It's a beautiful, simple process that um, if you, can, you can do it in the United States. You can do it in England. Um, and you're starting now to teach and coach people to do the same thing in England. Isn't that right, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I've been for the, yeah, for the last year. I mean, I, I, ne- I was never going to go have actually happened accidentally i was never planning to go in that circuit of teaching but i kept because i had a lot of people on my database investors and other people that said how are you getting all these deals all of the time they knew that i was always you know in going this place going this prague or thailand or somewhere and always at a coffee shop they always saw me so they said you know can you can you how are you doing and i thought okay my time's valuable so i'm going to charge for my time and i've got i've got a small group of students up 10, 10 students i teach and i teach nice. them this core principle of how to do it virtually and how to have a system that's proven and that works and um in in the uk it's sort of like i'm bringing it to the uk because there's not really no one else there's a few people that are doing it i personally know but there's no one really that's taking it to a level where they can travel and their business doesn't yeah. get affected by that so it's just treating awesome. it like a real business and I, I don't think it's so rocket science as much as people make it out to be but you just need to knuckle down and and learn from the best really just go to the best and i you know when i read the four-hour work week from tim ferris i just saw everything i immersed myself in what he was teaching and i just took action really i think people just need to stop procrastinating and over analyzing things and making things so difficult because sometimes that can be actual you're scared to take action so you're like oh no that's that excuse or that excuse and it's like um you just have to get you just have to do it really i mean one day if you really want to change and why life at the time I hit rock bottom so for me I had to change so I was put in a must situation so yeah 
Yeah. Well, the um, you're starting to teach and coach people now. You're starting to do some workshops. Um, you got some workshops coming up. In are you doing? Are you going to be teaching this stuff now in 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 England and in Spain and in France and some other countries? Or is that what your goal yeah, is? That yeah. Well, I've got, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've had some a small group of inner circle clients I've been teaching on the one to one basis, but I've had a lot of people that have come and inquired and got in touch with me and said, you know, can I want to learn how to do this, have a system in place where I can maybe not travel the world, but they just want to stay at home. Maybe if yeah. they want to go out with their kids to, to a nice restaurant and they don't want to drive around to see some house because they feel they forced to do that, forced to do that. And it just gives you more freedom. So yeah, I've actually got an event coming up. It's um, the dates aren't set in stone yet because I still need to organize it and set that up. It's definitely coming. It's mid April and that's going to be held in Costa del Sol. And um, it's going to be in a, wow. yeah, sort of a, in a beautiful villa. They're really ten bedroom villa, and it's um, we're, it, it's it's the event's not going to be me up on stage just giving you theory. It's going to be practical. So we're going to be actually doing deals there and then, and I'll be nice. helping people set up the systems and actually making progress on the day. It's going to be a free day event. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Very good. I, I uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing how that goes. And, and Tom and I were talking before about. Um, me possibly coming to Europe and 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 helping him teach and speak at some of these events. Um, I think it's exciting because there is um, there's a ton of potential and a lot of people. It doesn't matter if you're in the United States or in England. There's always going to be sellers who want to sell their house but can't, and they're looking for creative solutions. They're looking for investors who can understand how to structure creative real estate deals and. You know, there's even a lot of people in the United States that could possibly start flipping lease options in England. Yeah, Isn't yeah, for true? sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm actually uh, flying over. I'm going to LA to spend a few months in LA, and uh, that's nice. in yeah, in, at the end of Feb. Before yeah, before that, and before the event, just have some just to, yeah, just to, I've not never been to the US before, so that's going to be a new experience for me. And <laughs> LA. Well, let's talk about this for a second here. <laughs> Uh, LA is a beautiful city, but you, you should probably spend most of your time south and north of there. If you're going to be in, in the United States for a few months, uh, I like San Diego a lot better. It's a lot yeah. prettier there. The weather's nicer. There's not as much smog. So you should go spend some time in San Diego. Okay. And then, uh, you should also spend some time up in Northern California because it's, it's really beautiful up there. I'm not knocking LA. I know I have a lot of friends who live there and a lot of people listening to this are from, uh, LA. <laughs> we love LA. The comment sections just build up. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, I'm just telling you, don't spend your entire trip in LA. Make sure you go down South to San Diego. You go up to San Francisco <laughs> yeah. and, and go yeah, well, up. My plan is. My plan is to go to New York and, uh, and also go to Hawaii for a few weeks and Holy spend cow. spend some time well, there. How, and then, how, yeah, long and, and, you, how long are you going to be gone? For probably for a couple of months. Nice. And then and then I'm coming back to do yeah. Obviously got the event in um, in in Marbella and yeah and and just doing that and just showing just being an example really because everyone can talk about it but living it is a different thing. So I just want to show how simple you know it can be when you have that system up. And like I said, it's not for everyone. I'm not trying to. No, I don't try and sell people. It's just only people that are serious and want to actually 
have a business and scale a business, even if there's experienced investors that's you know thinking, well, I'm already doing well, but you can still there's there's always a next level. That's what I've experienced. There's always a, a, another level, and you know there's bigger deals and different types of strategies we can implement as well. But yeah, um, so yeah, it's going to be just just more fun than anything. So are you going to be chronicling your journey and, and talking about like on a blog or on Facebook about, you know, the deals that you're flipping? You're going to be actually showing how you're doing this stuff as you travel? Yeah, I will be doing a YouTube channel and a blog. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting, putting them on there and actually showing case study deals that I'm doing. Yeah. So sure, can, sure. if people want to follow you, get more information about you, where can they go? To well, get- for now, I mean, I've actually um, got a website coming uh, soon and okay. that's... Um, yeah, that, that that that's coming soon. But they can contact me via uh, directly on on Facebook, and they can touch base with me, and I, you know I can answer any of the questions they have. And Sorry, uh, and yeah, are, are you on Facebook as Thomas Wade or Tom Wade? Uh, or? Tom Wade, Tom Wade. Tom like, you Wade. can put. I can give you the link if you like, and and you can okay. and you can give that to them guys. Yeah. Will you send us the link to your Facebook page, and also the the links to those um, the realtor websites? I'm just curious to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, I found yeah, them here. You've got like a candle in the middle of a piece of food or something on your plate, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Is that a birthday celebration or something? Yeah, yeah, that was in a really nice in London, um, a restaurant, Japanese restaurant actually, Hakusan. Oh wow! Really, really nice. Awesome. You have to come. Have you been to London, Alex? Before? No, (laughs) I have not. Have you? Have you ever been outside of the state of Virginia? Have you ever (laughs) left your house? I sometimes leave my house. <laughs> he comes oh, up. Yeah. Well, he goes, you go down to the beach. You go, you go to Florida once in a while, right? No, no. Last, Kirk- um, last uh, big trip we did with the family was Turkmenistan. To, was Beaches Resorts uh, out in uh, Turks and Caicos. That was out of the country. And, Turks uh, and Caicos. That was really nice. We, uh, Alex, we got to get you, you and your family. I mean, you have four kids. Young, I do. Beautiful kids. Thank awesome you. Awesome wife. And um, you've got to come to Europe with us. Wow. I'm yeah, just telling. I'm just saying. It's be, Europe's Europe's amazing. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah, you, know, you got Prague and Berlin and Barcelona's incredible. Have you been to Barcelona, Joe, before? No, we really want to. So we're talking about going for maybe six months. Wow. And uh every at least once a month we want to travel to a new country. Um, oh, wow. and it's amazing yeah, nice. how cheap airfare is when you're inside of Europe. It's really cheap. It's really cheaper cheap. and faster than the train to to fly around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're just looking at it's it's funny too if you look at a map. Europe is actually smaller than the United States, and um, so you you could fly from Prague to anywhere in Europe for an hour or two hour flight. It's really not it's like that 80, much. 80, 70 pounds, eighty pounds. Yeah, or awesome. maybe cheaper. So it's really, yeah, it's really good. But I mean, I recommend, yeah, Prague, and you've also got Barcelona, Rome as well. Yeah, is, is incredible. Rome's a beautiful place. Really, the, really amazing. We want to do that. We want to go to northern Italy and the mountains there. But we'll talk later because I'd like to get your advice on on good places to go and stuff like that. Oh, but for sure. Yeah, no one rooms. of the biggest things I want to do is I want to take a cruise up the coast of Norway into all the. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, it's just I, I've always uh, loved seeing pictures. Of that, and if there's anybody from Norway listening to this <laughs> podcast, send us a message. I have, I'd love to talk with you, and because uh, I really, really want to go to Norway and Sweden. I love that area, and I just love the pictures up there. But um, 
I am Swedish, actually. So yeah, Are I you really? go visit the home country. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> and German. Yes. Germany is a great country. Um, we went. We spent a lot of time in this little town called Immenstadt. Immenstadt nice. is real close to where um, that that famous castle, Karlstein. Uh, no, I want to say Karlstein's in Prague or Europe. I mean Czech. The what's that new Schwanstein? What's that new Schwanstein castle in Germany? Isn't that what it's called, Tom? Um, I'm not actually familiar with that. <laughs> it's a I'm it's a famous castle Europe, but... that <laughs> it's a famous castle that Disney is is designed after. Oh, really? I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but it's in the, it's in the mountains, and it's where we were. It was real close to where some of the mountain ranges where the Sound of Music was filmed. Ah. You can see them out in the distance. But anyway, it's 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 beautiful. We love going there. And Alex, um, I think your wife will like my wife will fall in love with it. And you could go. You with know, four kids. we're gonna wait till the kids get just a smidge <laughs> older, because we, we've got. And if if you don't know, I have my oldest is six, my youngest. Then I have another one that's four, and then I have a two year old, and then I have a ten month old. So that is pretty young. Yeah. Um, oh shoot! I just got a text from my assistant that I'm late for this call. Oh, Joe! Okay. Tell him I will. Oops, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. <laughs> no worries. Un- unscripted. Okay, so I do got to go. Um, so I, I, it's a coaching call that I'm everybody's waiting on me for. Um, thanks so much, Tom, for coming. Um, yeah, man, you sure you don't want to? You sure you don't want to give us your website so that um, you know? We'll Maybe a, when a, it's a, done, he'll give it to us and we'll put well, it in the notes. If if he gives it to us, it'll it'll light a fire under his butt to actually get it done. Oh, you see, Tom, I'm doing you a yeah, favor. It's getting, yeah, it's getting, have, it's getting built now. I've got a team, team, team well, busy. With that. Do you have a, I'll tell you what, because um, it is it is going to be a few weeks before we get this released because we have to edit it and everything. Will you have it done in a couple of weeks? Um, in a couple of weeks. Well, it's an actual, it's, it's an online program. So okay. it's, um, it, it's, it's going to be uh, www.learntofliprimoli.com. Learn. To, to number two flip remotely.com learn the number two flip remotely remote. yeah remotely.com there's going to be a blogs on there and free stuff as well for people so they can just well, yeah good. on the track track a load of stuff and yeah put it on there and people can just model it and and, and apply it well, i'm so glad that you gave us that because um it's going to motivate you to hurry up and get that website done okay. <laughs> yeah 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 for sure so get get it done and then uh but by the time we release this podcast, it should be up and ready to go. Tom, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. I'm yeah, really, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to meeting you. Maybe I'll see you in Spain. We yeah, yeah, talk about sure. that. But even if not in Spain, you're going to be doing some more. And while I'm in Europe, uh, maybe we could we could hook up and, and, and do some conferences or workshops together. Oh, yeah, I'm really yeah, looking forward yeah. to this. Now in the U.S., a lot of people are more familiar with doing it virtually now. Um, I know, obviously... Uh, you've got Chris Chico as the one original person, was neither. I've followed some of his stuff as well. So, um, so, 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 yeah, I want to be able to, yeah, give give back and help help people in the UK, and yeah, nice, and get people just doing more deals. Really. We just released an interview with Chris Chico, and we don't want to build up his ego any more than it already is. But yeah, here is right. another example, Alex. Here's another guy that that is was influenced by Chris Chico. There you go. All right. Hey, thanks again, Tom, everybody. We're going to have the show notes and all the links that we talked about in the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Go look up Tom on Facebook. 
Um, real nice guy. It's been it's been great talking to him. And he also has a website that will be up soon. Learn the number two fliperemotely.com. And I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing the good things that you're doing, Tom. Keep up the good work, man. Awesome, man. Cheers, guys. Yeah, nice one. Cheers for having me, guys. All right. See you later, guys. See you, Alex. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.